We are living through a full-scale assault on truth and your right to speak it. From YouTube to Spotify, theft is waging a war on free speech with the help of big tech and the U.S. government. Thankfully, there are still some companies that believe in our Constitution. That's why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and I want you to as well. They offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as the major carriers, so you get the same great nationwide coverage, plus the peace of mind that your money isn't being used to support the left. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veterans and first responder heroes. So go to patriotmobile.com POSO. Get your free activation code use, promo code POSO, veterans and first responders. You can save even more, so make the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com POSO, patriotmobile.com POSO. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA, today's top stories. Truckers have now shut down the main bridge between Detroit and Canada with a new protest movement. As a new front opens up in the fight for freedom against authoritarianism. Next, President Macron of France has met with President Putin in Moscow to discuss, discuss the Ukraine situation. We're going to get into it finally. Argentina officially has joined the CCP's Belt and Road Initiative. And next, Dr. Jill Biden has admitted that her two free years plan of community college is DOA, dead on arrival. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. people honk. Yes, the honk is the new sound of freedom. And of course, Prime Minister Trudeau is out there saying, oh, we can't allow Canadians to treat other Canadians this way. And some judge out in Ottawa just put in a 10-day injunction over honking, though I've been told that it's still legal if you play a recording of a honk that wouldn't actually count as honking, so that may actually be still legal under the new injunction. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not advocating one way or the other, of course, honk. But out of the Detroit Free Press, we've now got a new front that's opened up in the war for freedom, the fight for freedom against biofascist mandates in Canada. The bridge to Canada in Detroit has closed as Canadian protesters block the trade route. An ongoing protest in Canada over COVID-19 mandates has spilled over into Detroit on Monday evening via the Ambassador Bridge. And if you've been to Detroit, this is the main bridge that connects Detroit to Canada. This is one of the main thoroughfares of all trade between the United States and Canada. The protesters blocked traffic on the largest international suspension bridge and prevented motorists from passing with signs calling for an end to the mandates. The bridge to Canada in Detroit is closed, according to the Michigan Department of Transportation, and motorists should use the tunnel 
tunnel rather than the bridge or head to another uh, blue water bridge that goes from Port Huron to Sarnia in Ontario. Uh, this is as of about 9 p.m. last night. The Windsor police on their side are saying, don't go there. It's been temporarily interrupted. We can't have this anymore. People are saying, Greg Ward, the president of Detroit Windsor Truck Ferry, has been in the border crossing business for 30 years. He says the border crossing after this bridge is unprecedented. The last time he can remember it was shut down over a demonstration was in 1990 for an independent trucker protest. This, of course, is used for uh, transport goods for trade. Businesses rely on it for getting their deliveries on time, et cetera, et cetera. Look, we all understand what's going on. Obviously, of course, one of the main, one of the main sources of auto parts from Canada to Detroit. Obviously, the auto industry is still there. It's been, you know, it's been hampered in recent years, but it is still there. It's been impeded by many of these international agreements and the rise of China. But the auto parts that still are coming across, they're coming across that very bridge. The truckers have said, no mas, we're not doing it anymore. This is what happens when you put your shoulder to the wheel and people take a stand. When people actually fight for something, when people say there are things that are more important to me, like freedom, than economic concerns, than how much money is in my bank account, and these protesters, keep in mind, they know. They know that this is civil disobedience. They know that in many cases, they can get ticketed, they get fined, right? You've even seen some people getting arrested already over this. People, you know, getting in trouble for, oh, I didn't show my ID fast enough, sitting in a truck, right, back in Ottawa. You are going to see a crackdown from Prime Minister Trudeau and from his allies just like a Castro. He is going to go full Fidel on this. And for what? For honking horns? For protesting? For saying, we're done with this? Look, we are experiencing now an uprising of work. This is the people versus the elites. This is not, I said it yesterday, this is not left and right. This is up and down. All right. You've got people that are working hard, but also, and Trudeau, you know, will say, oh, this is a you know, fringe minority, right? But understand, truckers and farmers are a strategic asset to any nation. These are the people who actually run the country. These are the literal backbone of every country. We are only, mankind is only nine meals away from pure anarchy at any given time. When you stop the food, you stop your civilization. They understand this. Societies understand this. And the people in cities are about to start to figure this out very, very soon. You better start paying attention. Well, there's an interesting thing going on on the Ukraine front. So if you come here in Washington, D.C., where I am, the national capital region, the regime-occupied national capital region, you talk about Ukraine, people act as if they act as if there's almost an active war going on right now. The war drums are beating. People are saying, how many troops are going over? When will, right, people are fr literally frothing at the mouth. I think I saw a guy at Le Diplomat frothing, actually frothing at the mouth while he was frothing his, his foamy latte, talking about what Russia is going to do when they invade Kiev and people are making all these comments. Are they going to, you know, come from the north? They're going to come from Belarus. They're going to come from the south. Will they come, from, come up from Crimea? Will they form a land bridge with the separatists in Donbass, right? And 
Nobody seems to be actually explaining, you know, why or that, you know, what is the strategic intent of doing that? Why would they pick a fight with a country that clearly has allies that are several other nuclear powers? Meanwhile, you got a guy, Emmanuel Macron, President Macron of France, who I'm no fan of, right? In 2017, uh, you can go and look at all his emails that I was able to link to from Twitter, hashtag MacronLeaks. And you see a setup where he's actually gone to Moscow to sit down with Vladimir Putin to talk about does it make sense for the West, Western Europe, NATO, and the United States to go to war with Russia in the middle of winter right now, which is, which is crazy, right? This is, this is a crazy thing. You don't see President Biden going out and saying, oh, let's have a summit at Reykjavik or Geneva or any of these other places. We can't sit down. Can you even have a Zoom call? No, they won't do it. Meanwhile, uh, President Biden's having these phone calls with President Zelensky, and they won't even release the transcript of it to let us know what was talked about. Because we saw sources on the Ukrainian side who said the call did not go very well. And we talked about that here. And then CNN tried to retract their story because they accidentally reported the truth. They pulled it back. They started re, you know, reassessing it and uh, putting in all these White House comments. And you had Jim Shudo out there, who's sort of like a wannabe Jake Taper, you know, say, so he was accusing CNN of spreading fake news on CNN, even though he's on CNN. So figure all that out. But Macron goes over and talks to Putin, and they actually sit down at this like ridiculously long table. And it's actually the same table that um, when President Orban of Hungary was there recently, and they sat down. It's the same one, but because there weren't any of those, you know, translators or interlocutors who were sitting down, there's no staff at the table. It's just this weird. It's like that scene in Batman um, where you know he's having um, he's having dinner with Vicky Vale, and it's like, can you pass this salt? And they're all the way at the end of that scene in, in uh, Coming to America, so it's just this kind of ridiculously oversized table. But it actually is kind of the same table that they've used for other meetings. So the question becomes really, though, is what Russia's doing in their strategic geopolitical interests, as we've talked about on this program, or are they just crazy, like everyone here in Washington, D.C. seems to think? Hmm, I wonder what's going on. Well, let's play a clip of some of that exchange between President Macron and President Putin. I see how much effort the current France leadership and the president personally put to solve the crisis tied to providing equal security in Europe in a serious historic perspective and to solve the issue of Ukraine's internal crisis in the southeast of the country. I think today's discussion can start to show the direction of where we need to go in a de-escalation, the terms of which we already know. I'm pleased to have the opportunity to get into all these issues in detail and start building together a useful response for Russia and the rest of Europe. A useful response is, of course, one that allows war to be avoided and build confidence, stability and visibility for everyone. So what's really amazing about this is that when you actually listen to the conversation that's being had, you're finally hearing a discussion of what's going on vis-a-vis NATO, this North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which was originally set up as a response to the Warsaw Pact and a response to the Soviet Union, right? The idea was well, the Western world is going to form a union, but not a, you know, not a direct union like the Soviet Union, but form a military pact in order to be ready for a potential war with the Soviet Union. 
And you had an entire generation of people, really almost two generations of people, that were told again and again and again, the missiles will be coming, the missiles will be flying, they're gonna come over the north, they're gonna go over, you know, they're gonna go over the dew line, right? They're gonna come over Canada and your house. They, they told children to hide under tables. Well, here's the thing that I don't think a lot of people get, is that the same thing was going on in Russia. So you've got this massive intelligentsia, this huge foreign policy blob in Moscow, in the Kremlin, the same way we do here in the United States. The only problem is, the, or I guess the only difference is, they look at it the exact opposite. They see the US as the aggressors, they see NATO as an aggressor, and they point to things like Libya, like Afghanistan, like Iraq, and they say, look, we see what you've done to these countries, Yugoslavia. We don't want you to do that to us. That's how they view the situation. And so President Putin and President Macron are actually sitting down saying, can we hammer out some peace agreements? So it's kind of amazing to see what happens when you actually discuss the situation instead of just freak out about what could possibly happen. Well, the new and improved MyPillow.com has been uploaded and updated. I really like the new site. It's super easy to drive on there. So go take it for a cruise. Go to MyPillow.com. You put in promo code POST so you can find all the flash sales. And the way they run it now is that when you put the promo code in right at the top, the deals follow you wherever you go on the site. So it's already preloaded. You don't have to go to any extra steps. You don't have to put it in every time when you go to checkout, et cetera. You know, when I go shop on there, like I, I use promo code POSO as well, right? Because I wanna support, look, I put my money where my mouth is. I support American workers. I support patriots. That's why I support Mike Lindell. That's why I support MyPillow. And honestly, my family just likes them, right? My, my, we bought it. We got a little tent for uh, for Christmas. I got a you know a little tent for the boys, like a play tent that we set up in our living room. And uh, our one year old, and we put all the different my pillows inside there. The little ones they get with the Bible verses on the covers. And so he put all of his my pillows in there. And then now he every day he he's running around the living room, and then he goes runs into the tent, and then boof. He just falls down on all of his my pillows, and he loves it. And then he gets them out and starts rolling around. So you know that's our one year old. Then even our three year old will go in there, and you know they're they're kind of getting that brotherly. So it's Jack, Jack, and AJ, and they're starting to grow that brotherly bond. And uh, it's amazing to see them do that. And then they're playing with the pillows. They're reading to you know the old our, our Jack, Jack is reading to AJ on there. And so it's it's kind of cool to see that. And it's also cool to know that my pillow is actually playing a part of that. So check it out, mypillow.com, the new updated website. Got to get to this next story though, because the Olympic diplomacy blitz has netted Argentina for the CCP's Belt and Road Initiative. Now this should not come as a surprise to anybody who's been paying attention to what we've been reporting here at Human Events Daily. The CCP is not on the decline. I don't get why so many people are trying to say this in the China Watcher community, right? I think it's a cope. I think it's honestly a really, really bad cope from a lot of people. They are on the rise. They are becoming the preeminent player in Asia and they're becoming a dominant player on the world stage. They are a great power, like it or not. In fact, they are becoming a global superpower. And Xi Jinping, I've said this before, the Olympic ceremony was his coronation. So we've got this video now from the president of Argentina meeting with Xi Jinping in Beijing, essentially giving him uh, respect and paying tribute to the new emperor. You 
el nuevo museo del Partido Comunista y quedamos muy impresionados con esa magnífica obra. Y nos sentimos muy identificados con todo lo que fue el trayecto de la revolución hasta el presente, que ha puesto a China en el lugar central del, que hoy ocupa en el mundo. Sepa que estamos, como bien ha dicho usted, compartimos una misma filosofía de política que pone al hombre como centro de la política. So as we said before, it shouldn't come as a surprise. We've seen the CCP's links with the African Union. We're now seeing their ties to South America. We've covered that a million times here. And now they are officially signing up. They're officially signing up Argentina. They've inked an agreement on jointly promoting the construction of the Silk Road Economic Belt and 21st Century Maritime Silk Road, marking Argentina's entry into the initiative. And listen to this, Chinese companies have invested more than $20 billion into non-financial direct investment on projects in BRI countries in 2020, just 2021 alone. They are throwing their money everywhere. This is a trillion dollar push. The deal comes as of course, as Argentine president Alberto Fernandez made a three day visit to China in which both sides said that they would continue to support each other on issues concerning sovereign interests. She also met with the president of Pakistan talking about Balochistan province. He's meeting with Central and Eastern European powers. He's also met with the Singaporean president. Look, understand, understand what's going on. You are seeing a global geopolitical realignment now. And you can read Mersheimer on this. You can read Mackinder on this, but understand we are now, it is not the CCP who is in decline. It is this version of the global American or global Western regime that is on the decline the WTO, the UN, et cetera, NATO, that's all on the decline. What's on the rise is the CCP. Well, Dr. Jill Biden, you know, that's actually interesting because I think we actually have for once a refreshing bit of honesty from one of these politicians. And oh, you can argue whether or not Jill Biden's a politician, but she clearly got involved in politics on one specific issue. And what was that? She promised as part of the Biden agenda, that there would be, what, two free years of community college. She said that. She said that repeatedly on the campaign trail. She even went to, what was it, the Community College National Legislative Summit and said that you would see fighting for two free years of college. She said this before the election. And yet now that we're in the midst of the administration, of, by the way, an administration that would have full control Right, their party controls Congress, both House and the Senate, right? You could get, supposedly, whatever you want done, right? Well, here's the problem with that. Dr. Joe Biden has actually come out and admitted that it's not happening. This plan, this, this vaunted plan for two free years of community college, DOA, will not be submitted in the Build Back Better bill. This was going to be the signature Right, the signature agenda for Dr. Jill Biden. This was something, how many votes? How many votes did they get from stupid people who believed political candidates would actually keep their word, right? We had one president who did that, but most of them don't. How many votes did you get by believing somebody before the election when they talked about this? 
And we're pointing out the hypocrisy here. That's what we're doing. Do not trust career politicians. And that's who the Bidens are. Mark my words. I've known them a long time. I remember when they used to come up and it was Senator Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden. They would come up at University of Pennsylvania and they'd hold all their dinners there back when uh, Joe Biden, they used to refer to him as the third senator of Pennsylvania, right? Because Delaware, even he himself would refer to him as himself as the third senator of Pennsylvania, right? And they'd be wined and dined, this, and then he became vice president. And so, of course, his ties to UPenn were really emphasized. Her ties to UPenn really emphasized Amy Gutman. So the whole story, we'll talk about it some other time. But this is who they are. Understand who they are. Look, we, we've even got her on video admitting it. Hi there. How are you? I'm, I'm so great. honored to have you here. Well, thank you. This thank is a very exciting initiative, this Heads Up it initiative. Is. It is. Uh, the idea of making community college free for students uh, over the course of two years. Why? Uh, explain to us real quick how important this is and, and why it's so dear to your heart. Well, I am a community college professor. I've been teaching over 30 years, and I'm still teaching full time. And uh, so we want to make college affordable and accessible for, for all Americans. So if you have... <laughs> so a lot of college students tonight who are watching, go to uh, headsupamerica.us and look it up, because it's for you. It's free for you. Very exciting. Now, uh, another very exciting thing... Understand it. You can't trust politicians. You should never trust politicians. They will tell you one thing, and they'll do another thing when they get into office. They will use you. And so I'd say this to all the liberals out there, to all the college students or 18-year-olds who are thinking about going to community college. You, you voted for Joe Biden because you said, you know, this candidate really speaks to me, and I really want those two free years. Or if you're someone who just thinks that it's a good idea to give everyone college. Put this segment together with the first story today. Learn a trade. You don't have to be a trucker, but I think everybody's realizing that being a trucker is pretty darn important. And if you go do that, it's a lot of money. Huge backlog, by the way, over a year. Don't trust the Biden. All right, that is it for Human Events Daily. Remember, our top stories today, we talked about the truckers. We talked about President Macron meeting with President Putin, talking about diplomatic solutions, Argentina officially joining the CCP's Belt and Road Initiative, and finally, why you should never trust the Biden family. This is your most highly valuable 20 minutes, 25 minutes a day. Our motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Remember the one piece of homework that I do ask for each of you. Share this out with one of your normie friends and then leave us your five-star review. Before we go, it's time for today's history break. 1965, President Johnson, LBJ, deployed the first U.S. combat troops to South Vietnam with 3,500 Marines sent, and we were told at the time they were just going to protect a U.S. air base near Da Nang. That's all it was going to be. Yeah. Ten years later, we finally saw what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.